Welcome to the 23 Minutes in Hell podcast. Author and speaker Bill Weiss and his wife Annette address the many questions we all have about hell and eternity. Bill and Annette believe the subject of hell shouldn't grip us with fear, but instead, it should inspire us to use our time on earth wisely. Thank you for joining my wife and I. Today, we are going to be looking at being in the spirit realm. And Bill, I know most of our listeners know that God gave you a supernatural experience, 23 minutes in hell, showing you hell and a vision. And this was an out-of-body vision where God actually took your spirit body to hell. That's right. So when this happened, what, I just wanted to ask you a few questions today. Um, didn't you experience some emotions when Jesus rescued you out of hell? What was flooding your mind and your, your heart? What were you feeling? I was flooded with emotions, as a matter of fact. First of all, I was so grateful to be saved. That was the first thing, uh, gratefulness. You see, he had blocked it from my mind that I was a Christian. He hid that fact from me when I was in hell so I could experience what they feel, the hopelessness. And blocking from your mind, that's in Luke 24, 16, and John 20, 14, and Luke 18, 34, many other verses. But he blocked it so I could feel the hopelessness that they feel. But when he showed up, he placed it back in my mind that I was a Christian. And immediately, I had a gratefulness and an appreciation for the cross, for what he did for me, that he died. He suffered a horrible death on the cross for me to keep me out of hell and for all of us. But that was the first thing I experienced was that thankfulness and gratefulness. So even but, though you were a Christian for 28 years up to that point, you just felt this overwhelming um, thankfulness and wanting to worship God and everything just because one second before that you were in hell thinking you were there for eternity. Right. So now suddenly he placed it back in my mind. You can imagine how I felt from a second ago knowing I'm condemned here forever. And then suddenly, oh no, I'm a Christian. Praise God, I don't have to go here. I mean, the gratefulness, you can't even describe it. It was overwhelming. And, but then shortly after that, it seemed like uh, I started feeling uh, terrible shame, uh, guilt, and so forth. Because, you know, I'm standing before a holy, perfect clean, pure God. And we are not clean. Even the best of us, we still sin. And I felt so dirty and I felt ashamed. But he immediately removed that from my mind and took it away because he didn't want me to feel uncomfortable in any way. But he bore our shame for us. You know, and it says in Hebrews 12 too, despising the shame of the cross. He didn't like it, he, but he took it. And then Isaiah 50, verse 6 says, I hid not my face from shame and spitting. So he took the shame so we wouldn't have to. So when he removed it, instantly I felt such a peace and a love come over me. So that was the next thing was the love of God is so overwhelming. We'll talk about that a little further on. But I had such a peace. And wow, I'm home. I made it. I'm home. You know, it's like here where we live in this world, but we really are not citizens of this world. We're just passing through. We're just passing through. And I felt that like, this is where I belong, heaven. And that peace, that perfect peace that you can't really get here completely on the earth. I mean, we experience his peace in us as Christians, but that perfect peace in heaven with him, it's absolutely astounding to, to experience that. 
So your emotions, everything you're feeling and experiencing, your senses are just so heightened, right? right. In your spirit body. They are. They're definitely heightened. And you, uh, you just so appreciate, you know, our, our salvation, how much he did for us. All those things were just magnified and amplified. And it was like this world was a, a distant memory, <laughs> I'm sure, yes. being in his presence like right. that. Right, you don't want to leave his presence. You just want to be there forever. And, you know, I, and I immediately, like I said, uh, like you said, I, I wanted to just worship him and thank him. I didn't want to ask him any questions. I just wanted to thank him for what he did, what he paid for, a horrible death on the cross for me. And uh, after time, he would answer my thoughts, but I didn't want to ask him anything. He just would answer my thoughts that I had. I know that helps me just knowing um, just the whole revelation of how God gave you. And I know it's in the scripture, of course, most importantly, but it, it really does help me in times of distress or going through a challenge like, well, thank God I am safe from hell. Like, and sometimes it's easy to complain or want to go down that road, but it's like when you have that eternal perspective, like, look what he's done, what he redeemed us from, he saved us, and we get to live in this perfect place and in this joy and peace forever, Right. you know, one day. You know, and this feeling the home that I felt at home, you know, it's like when you live away from your family and you come home for Christmas or, and you see your family, most people really enjoy that feeling of I'm home. I, this is where I grew up and this is the house I grew up in and that kind of feeling. Well, it's far superior to that when you feel like, you know, like I, I feel like I'm arrived, I'm in heaven, I'm with the Lord. And uh, even though we weren't in actual heaven, we were traveling up a tunnel and we went above the earth, but I was still with in, in God's presence. So that feeling of home is far superior to even the greatest feeling we could have here on the earth. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, being in his presence like that, that is heaven. (laughs) Right. Right. And I know, Bill, too, you know, when you went through this experience, you were inflicted with some torture from the demons and you actually felt pain in a spirit body, not you weren't in a physical body, but you actually experienced pain. Right. I mean, how could that be? And and I know Jesus already suffered for us the pain. So can you kind of expound on that a little bit? Well, I can tell you this much. In order for me to be able to share with others that there is actual pain felt, that it's not simply allegorical or metaphorical, he allowed me to experience some pain. Now, I understood that I was only experiencing a small part of the pain that it was being blocked or softened by God. I just had that understanding. He explained on the way back that he blocked most of it. But he wanted me to experience some of it again. So people understand it's not metaphorical. It's real little pain you're going to feel in hell. And thank God he blocked most of it, but I did feel some pain. But you might still ask, why would God allow you to feel any pain at all when he paid the price? Well, first of all, I didn't pay the price for anyone's salvation by suffering pain. That would be like saying, since Jesus suffered on the cross for us, then no Christians should ever bear any pain at any time for any reason. That's not true. In addition, I can answer your question with a question. Why did he allow the apostles to suffer the way they did? They were uh, sawed in half, hung upside down on a cross, stoned, shipwrecked. Uh, They were thrown in dungeons, beaten, chained, and so forth. Now, if God would allow even his best to suffer for the sake of the gospel, then how much more I, who am not to be compared with any of these great men? Besides, even though 23 minutes seemed like 23 weeks, it was still only 23 minutes. 
So what I experienced was minor in comparison to what the great men in the Bible had to go through. So you did, though, experience a degree of pain, but it was softened, as you said. Right. And also this whole reason for this is uh, to uh, for salvations. You know, this is to do with now us going forth and sharing just like the apostles. And again, not to compare the apostles, but they suffered, endured shame and pain and so forth for the gospel's sake. Yeah. And this is what this was for, for the gospel's sake, like you said. That's what this whole experience was for, for me to share. Point people to the scriptures on hell because many don't think there's real suffering, pain, fire, and so forth in hell. Right. It's not taught and it's downplayed and so forth. So. Again, I'm just a signpost to point them to the scriptures. So, Bill, also when you were there, you know, in your spirit body, what did the people you saw look like? Well, you know, first of all, they looked like skeletons. I mean, it, you could not distinguish a man from a woman. Uh, they, it looked like uh, flesh hanging off their bones. And they were burning and screaming in agony. Uh, and, and like I said, just like a skeleton form. You know, and it's interesting, uh, Daniel Block, he said this in the book, Hell Under Fire, they are like living corpses or shadowy images. So what you're viewing is their actual spirit body suffering like that, but it's, it's you know, it's shown as like a skeleton with flesh right. hanging off it and so it forth. Looked, it looked like that, you know. Now, it may not be physical bones, but it looked like physical bones. You know, and then one more thing here, Harper's Bible Dictionary said, the dead are referred to as shades, pale reflections of the men and women they had once been. So, I mean, it's, it's really a horrible thing to see a person on fire burning and, uh, you know, you have no identity. You're just alone and isolated by yourself no one to help you, screaming in agony for all eternity. And you couldn't distinguish a man from a woman, you said. No, no, I could not. You know, and I just want to point this out. Um, uh, I didn't really want to share this experience because of the horror of hell. It's so severe that I knew I'm not gifted enough as a speaker to get it across to people how horrible it really is. That's the one reason, one of the reasons I didn't want to share this. But I want to read something from John MacArthur's teaching on hell called Hell, the Furnace of Fire. And he quotes another writer as saying, There is no way to describe hell. Nothing on earth can compare with it. No living person has any real idea of it. No madman in the wildest flights of insanity ever beheld its horror. No man in delirium ever pictured a place so utterly terrible as this. No nightmare racing across a fevered mind ever produces a terror to match that of the mildest hell. No murder scene with splashed blood or oozing wound ever suggested a revulsion that could touch the borderlands of hell. Let the most gifted writer exhaust his skill in describing this roaring cavern of unending flame, and he would not even brush in fancy the nearest edge of hell. I thought that was a good uh, quote that he gave of someone that wrote trying to describe how horrible hell really is, and it is. Yeah, absolutely it is. And Bill, also, um, you know, you said your senses were keener in hell in your spirit, in the spirit realm. Can you kind of expound a little on that? Yes. I understood the distance I was away from the large pit of fire to be about 10 miles. 
I was taken out of this prison cell, and then I got a view of this pit, raging flames high up in this open cavern, but it was a distance, and I knew it was 10 miles away. I also knew the pit was about a mile across, that giant pit. And I also felt, and this wasn't as clear, but I felt as if I were 3,700 miles down deep in the earth. And I just, that, that came to my mind. And I know hell is down deep in the earth. We know there's 49 scriptures that point out where the current hell is. Very clear, it's down deep in the earth. Ezekiel 26, 20, Numbers 16, 32, Isaiah 14, 9, Isaiah 5, 14, Psalm 63, 9, Psalm 55, 15. Many other verses point out where it's at down deep in the earth. But, but I understood that. I understood that it was about 3,700 miles down. Now, I could comprehend also what the demons were saying. And they were not speaking English, but I understood what they were saying. And they were blaspheming and cursing God. They had an extreme hatred for God. And see, it wasn't English. How did I know that? Yeah, in your spirit body, it was like all this was illuminated or downloaded to you, right? Right, exactly. Also, you know, um, when I was, I could grasp eternity. When I was in hell, I understood I'll never escape this place. Now here, it's very difficult to try to imagine uh, and uh, no end forever we always think of time as a timeline like a beginning and an end but to really grasp it that there is no end a hundred million years ago by you're still on day one i mean that thought was the worst part of hell was the hopelessness but my point is i could grasp more than we do here eternity maybe because i was in eternity you know that makes sense yeah we can't get our minds around forever and ever Right. In this physical body. Right. And there's uh, just a couple little examples of your senses being keener. In Zechariah 5, 2, it says, And he said unto me, What seest thou? And I answered, I see a flying roll. The length thereof is 20 cubits, and the breadth thereof is 10 cubits. Now, how did he know the size? It's just interesting the Bible records the size. How did he know that? I'm sure he didn't get a measuring tape out and measure it. Yeah, that's a great verse. He just knew. Then also look in Luke 16 regarding the rich man in hell. In Luke 16, the rich man recognized Abraham and Lazarus. How did he know what Abraham looked like, especially from a great distance? There may be some explanation for that, as Abraham may have had some kind of distinguishing feature, uh, and it could have been obvious, uh, who knows. But also, what about Lazarus? Being a great distance off, would be very difficult to recognize, especially since hell is filled with smoke and fire. You know, uh, these are only some indications of uh, sharper senses. You know, if you really study Ezekiel 32, 18 through 31, and Isaiah 14, 9 through 18, you'll discover more of this, uh, this awareness that it uh, talks about in those verses. Uh, Revelation 14, 10, 11, and so forth. So, um, anyway... Uh, you know, I, one more thing I'll read about that. Dr. Erwin Lutzer, a conservative and well-known scholar, he said in his book, One Minute After You Die, page 39, that those in Sheol, which is the current hell, exist with heightened perception and a better understanding. So some scholars point out that the rich man in Luke 16 showed signs of a greater awareness in that he understood why he was there. The rich man said, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. That's verse 30. Well, this is something he most likely didn't fully comprehend in life since he didn't do it. Yet in hell, he knew repentance was the key. He knew what was necessary in order to receive salvation. 
You see, when Abraham began telling him that he had received the good things in life and Lazarus the evil things, many would misunderstand that to mean that being rich will cause one to be cast into hell and being poor will get you to heaven. But he understood that it was not the case. This was not what Abraham meant. It was only by repentance, as he said in verse 30. And that would be so tormenting for people too, to be in hell and be reminded knowing why they're there. Oh, yes. Over and over and over for eternity. You know, like you said, they might not have grasped it all on earth thinking, oh, I'm fine, you know, full of themselves, arrogant, and, and that I, you know, all roads lead to heaven or whatever they thought. And then now when they're there in eternity in their spirit body, they're knowing this and being tormented with those thoughts like the rich man. Right. You know, and I, I could also, now this was when I was with, with the Lord, I could more fully grasp the vastness of the universe. You know, we went above the earth, came out of this whirlwind tunnel, and I looked out at the universe, and I could grasp a little bit more than we can here of how big it is. It's just endless. And how he is in control of every star, every planet, everything moving with harmony and in exact perfect order. He's controlling all that. And I thought about all the people on the earth, the 7 billion people, that he knows every thought and every motive and every hair on our head. And that changes every moment. And he, so I just realized what a big God we serve that he's, nothing gets past him. He understands everything that's going on. So I, again, I could just, it was like overwhelming to sense, wow, this is a big, powerful God that knows everything. Yes. To, I mean, to be out in space with him and, and see the earth from space. I mean, right there and in his presence, that, right. that had to be overwhelming and exciting. How he hung the earth on nothing, as Job 26, 7 says. What's holding it up? Nothing. It's just held there and turning so perfectly. And he's commanded the oceans not to spill off into the land, not to move their border. And all those things I was enjoying. And, uh, but then he had me turn around and look at the tunnel we came out of. And people were falling one after another, after another, back down into this tunnel, into hell. And he allowed me to feel a piece of his heart, the anguish he feels for a soul falling into hell. And I couldn't even bear it. I said, Lord, I, don't, I cannot stand even a piece of what you feel, the love that you have for people. And, um, but he wanted me to remember that love so I would be motivated to go and share the gospel. You know, he's entrusted us all with the gospel. We should all be sharing it. But it was a great motivation when I saw how much he loves people and he doesn't want them to go to that horrible place. Wow, so, that's powerful. So his love. So, okay, last question, Bill, I wanted to ask you is, um, didn't you experience something regarding time? Yes, I did. When, again, when I was with him uh, and we went above the earth, I, suddenly I felt as if a burden were lifted off my shoulders a heavy burden, and it was time. All of a sudden, it vanished. So it was like a weight. A heavy weight, like you were carrying around a heavy barbell on your back, and suddenly it's removed, and you, you don't, you, you realize, I've been living with that all this time, and now I don't have it anymore. You're free from that. Totally free. It was absolutely amazing. It was like, you know, here we're always concerned with time. We always need more time. We're in a hurry. Well, there, I was not concerned about yesterday or tomorrow. I was just in the moment. So all you think about is that moment. And so that's why the burden of time is removed. There is no burden of time. And eternity, you have lots of time. Oh, you know, 
you'll yeah, never how run wonderful. out of time. So it was just a, a feeling that's very hard to describe to people because we are under the burden of time. But in eternity, in God's presence in heaven, we're no longer carrying that weight around. That's wonderful. You know, and I just encourage any of our listeners who have not heard Bill's full experience, 23 Minutes in Hell, to please visit our website at soulchoiceministries.org and listen to that testimony. It's life-changing. Also, Bill's YouTube channel, uh, Bill Weiss TV. And um, is there any closing thoughts, Bill, that you have? Well, I was going to share a little bit more about the love of God. Oh, yes. You know, that's important. Sure. I think you touched was, on that in the beginning. Right. But I just want to share a little bit more because this was the most important takeaway of this whole experience was God allowing me to feel a piece of his heart like I started to share. But, you know, he gave me this scripture. Psalms 139, 17 and 18 says, uh, your thoughts toward me are all precious. And I suppose if I should count them, they are more than the sands. Another verse in Psalms says more than the sands on the whole earth. So, you know, we read over that kind of glibly and think, oh, that's nice. But he had opened that up to me and said, you know, if you picked up a handful of sand and, and you had thousands of granules in your hand and each granule represented a thought. For instance, say I said I took one granule. I said, boy, I love how my wife prays for me all the time. I love how she prays for her parents. I love how she's so honorable. I love how beautiful she is. And you came back three or four hours from now uh, to see, you know, how many I've exhausted. I still would have many left in my hand. That's just to exhaust them out in my hand. You would say Bill's really gone over his wife, over you, Annette. And uh, that's just, like I said, to, just to exhaust that amount in my hand. But he said his thoughts towards us are all precious, more than the sands on the whole earth. Now, you can't even imagine how many granules of sand there are on the whole earth. And every one of them is a precious thought. And that's not an exaggeration because God cannot exaggerate. So true. And Ephesians 3.19 says his love passes knowledge. So his love for us is far past our ability to even conceive, even though we might love our wife and our family, uh, his love is far greater. And he demonstrated that when he left heaven, a perfect world with the Father, coming down, being born as a baby, right. vulnerable little baby in a manger, being taken care of by humans and all that he endured growing up and then going to the cross, just mm. born to die for us. You know, right. What parent would let their child be tortured to death for someone? I don't, there's none. And, and for people who hate them. Right. right. But he did. And so he gave the most precious thing, his only son. You know, if you choose to reject Jesus as your Lord and Savior, this is what you'll be experiencing, this horrible place called hell with the fire, the burning, the uh, being alone, no one to rescue you, demons, torment, maggots, uh, hunger, thirst, no rest, and, and complete darkness. All those things you will experience for all eternity. You will be a living corpse in absolute agony forever. Now, I would say that this choice you have is rather important. Please investigate the Bible for yourself and make the right choice. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to leave us a rating or comment. We value your feedback. Stay in touch and learn more about this ministry by visiting us at soulchoiceministries.org.